This episode of the Safety Cast is hosted by Principal Inspector Belinda Orris. She's joined today by Kane Scott, one of our regional construction managers to discuss working at heights. Thanks again for joining us, everyone. In this episode of the Safety Cast, we will be discussing working at heights with a focus today on roof work and the Safe Work New South Wales initiatives in this space. I'm joined today by my guest, Kane Scott, manager from our regional north construction team. Welcome, Kane. Hi, Belinda. Falling from any height can lead to death or long-term injuries. Falls from heights are a major cause of fatalities and serious injuries at work in New South Wales. Most people who are seriously injured or killed fall from a height of four metres or less. Ladders, incomplete scaffolds, falling off a truck, a roof edge or falling through fragile roof sheeting are the major causes of injuries. More than 12,000 workers were injured after falling from a height between 2014 and 2017. 25 died and more than 240 were permanently disabled, with these incidents largely occurring in the construction industry. Firstly, Kane, what are the legal responsibilities for businesses and employees for managing the hazards and risks associated with working at heights? Yeah, I mean, so besides the general duty um, to keep workers safe in every workplace and the duty to consult with all of your workers around the hazards in their workplace, Um, The Work Health and Safety Regulation does have specific requirements when it comes to working from heights. Um, So firstly, if you can perform the work from the ground or from a solid structure like a complete scaffold, um, then you must do it that way. If that's not reasonable, you can then implement a fall prevention system um, as the next level of control. And if that's not reasonable, then we get into our work positioning systems and uh, fall arrest systems, which are your your classical harness-based work. So the business needs to work through those control measures in that order um, and select the highest level of control. Okay. And how can businesses and workers identify and manage the risks? Yeah, well, certainly um, the most efficient way to identify risk is to dedicate some time to assessing it. Um, so before you start a task, um, set yourself aside with your workers to make sure you actually look at the task, look at the workplace, identify you know, what can go wrong. And certainly when it comes to falls from heights, you get input from workers, um, talk to them, see if you can identify, you know, where things can go wrong. Um, That's definitely the, um, you know, the most efficient, the most practical way to identify risks and determine your control measures. Um, And then failing that, if you you sort of, if the knowledge is not there between you and your workers um, around how to control the risks, then you can refer to the safe work uh, codes of practice around falls from heights and managing the risk of falls in workplaces and the specific code um, related to falls in um, construction, residential construction, would be a good place to go to refer. Um, and if not, you know, seek advice from safe work inspectors, seek advice from your industry associations um, to come up with the, the best controls for the risks. Okay, great. Uh, can we discuss fall prevention options for a couple of different scenarios? Yeah, so as you said, the hierarchy of controls, if we can't do it from the ground or a completed scaffold, then we can use fall prevention. So fall prevention devices are things like roof edge protection, roof rail, um, also EWPs, elevated work platforms and scissor lifts and the like. So yeah, to give you a couple of scenarios, um, if you were doing um, a re-roof of a property where you needed to access the whole roof, quite a complex task, um, if it wasn't 
um, able to achieve that with scaffolding in that, you know, existing property. So there might be swimming pools, garden beds, um, fences, um, those types of things. Then you would look at a fall prevention, so roof edge protection, um, and have that installed so that when you're doing your complex task of replacing the roof, uh, workers aren't going to be exposed to a risk of fall off the edge of the roof. Um, and similarly, if you needed to, um, you know, do some painting on the side of a, um, a property where you might be um, accessing um, via ladders and the likes where it might be more appropriate to use a, a scissor lift like an elevated work platform um, to access those areas. So if there's the high level controls available and it's reasonable, um, then that's what you're required to use. Okay, sure. Um, could you explain further work positioning and fall arrest systems? Uh, yeah, so work positioning system, fall arrest system, I think the important point to note is that they're generally using all of the same equipment. Um, so a work positioning system, according to the Code of Practice, includes fall restraint, uh, which is where you'd be working on a roof, wearing a harness connected to a lanyard and an anchor point um, that would prevent you um, from reaching either the edge or a void or a brittle surface that you could fall through. Um, so by its very nature, uh, it prevents you from falling and it sort of keeps you positioned in the area of the workplace where you're not exposed to that risk. Uh, whereas a fall arrest system, so still using essentially the same equipment, so a harness connected to a lanyard, adjustable lanyard connected to an anchor point. Um, however, the length of the lanyard or the adjustment of the lanyard um, is such that it doesn't prevent you reaching the edge or reaching a void or a brittle surface. So they don't stop you from falling. Um, but they arrest your fall in that they prevent you from impacting the ground or, a, you know, a structure that was underneath. Um, I think the important point to remember is that both of those systems, so the work positioning, so fall restraint and fall arrest systems require a very high degree of training and they also rely heavily on worker behaviour um, just to achieve their effective use. Um, so once you introduce a work task uh, to a harness-based system of work um, of even mild complexity, uh, the ability to keep that system adjusted um, in and out um, and the ability to um, concentrate on both tasks at once generally makes them a very ineffective system of work for work at heights, um, hence the reason that the Work Health and Safety Regulation calls them out as a very low-level control um, in that yeah. If you can put a high level control that really prevents the worker, allows them to concentrate on their task, um, then they're required to use that system. So for most roof tasks, like replacing a roof, installing a solar system, painting or cleaning a roof, um, so relying on a harness-based system of work is not an effective control measure um, to prevent people um, falling from heights. Yeah, sure. We do still see a lot of incidents where they're using the harnesses. We're also noticing a fair few incidents at the moment in relation to people working with fragile and brittle roofs. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so the statistics definitely show that falls through roofs is a very serious problem um, and they also result in very serious injuries, given that as they fall, they're you know potentially injuring themselves on the way through, um, you know, being quite seriously injured there, impacting structures on their fall down and then also impacting the ground. So... Yeah, it is exposing to a high level of risk, high level of harm. We're really needing to put physical controls in place to prevent those falls. So, again, we come back to our identification before we access a roof area, um, taking the time to identify, and they're not always easy to see, 
Uh, so you do get some discoloration in polycarbonate sheeting and the likes that may be asbestos roof sheeting where the condition needs to be assessed. Um, but really it comes back to identifying all of the potential fragile brittle roof surfaces before you access the roof, put the controls in in the highest order that you can. Um, so if you can put physical controls in place, just relying or telling people not to walk on them um, is not an effective level of control. Um, whilst no one thinks that they will walk on them and fall through them, um, our statistics show that it is occurring. So putting physical barriers in place, um, so whether they're timber or metal covers covering over skylights and the likes, um, installing catch platforms, catch scaffolds underneath them if required, um, physically preventing people accessing though is definitely the highest level of control. Um, they may require removal and roof wire put in place. Um, they may require um, platforms installed to the roof to allow people to traverse rather than walking across um, fragile asbestos roof sheeting, for example. Um, but yeah, really identifying them, physically preventing people accessing them, um, and where possible, implementing controls for future use. So if you were removing some fragile brittle sheeting that didn't have roofing wire, for example, um, before you'd put another um, fragile sheet back in, you'd be installing those controls for future use. Okay, great ideas there. Um, let's talk about some administrative controls businesses can implement while on site. Yeah, so obviously administ administrative controls, again, we're looking at the lower level controls. However, they're often used um, in conjunction with high level controls. So certainly training is um, a good one. So if you're going to be requiring your workers to implement a system of work, um, this is especially important when it comes to harness-based work, you need to make sure that your workers have the adequate training to safely undertake uh, the task, use the equipment they're being asked to use in the environment that they're being asked to use it, um, ensuring the appropriate PPE, um, so certainly footwear, if you're gonna be accessing work at heights areas, ensuring that you have non-slip footwear and the likes, uh, that's another admin control. And also exclusion zones um, are another admin control, both for falls from heights and falling objects. So you certainly should be preventing people from entering areas where they're exposed to risk, especially when they don't need to be there. If you're wanting to use an exclusion zone to prevent people um, being exposed to the risk of fall off an edge on a fairly flat roof, for example, um, you would be putting in an exclusion zone to keep them, say, three metres as a minimum back from that edge where they could fall. Um, and again, if you're going to rely on that admin control of an exclusion zone, you really do need to put some barricades up to highlight and define that exclusion zone and potentially signage installed to identify that as an exclusion zone. And when it comes down to admin controls, um, actions speak louder than words. So if, the, if you implement an admin control, um, but again, you're identifying that it's not being as effective to control the risk as you think, you would be wanting to reassess that admin control and see whether you can move to a high level control to control that risk. Okay, thanks. Um, what are some of the benefits to businesses when falls risks are managed effectively? Yeah, I, I always look at safety as uh, improving the overall um, output on a job. So certainly good safety when it comes to work at heights can also improve efficiency um, and the quality, but also the confidence and culture within your workplace. If you were thinking, if we if we take just one example, if you were to if you were trying to re-roof uh, a project 
And you were trying to do that out of harnesses as opposed to having a perimeter scaffold or roof edge protection where workers are trying to essentially undertake two tasks at once, control the harness and also control um, the task of replacing the roof. The efficiency of having a, a high level control, workers are confident where they're working. They don't have to be concerned about falling off the roof. They don't, they're not impeded by the use of harness and re-anchoring and anchor points and the likes. Uh, they really can improve the efficiency of that project. So they, while there might be an initial upfront cost um, to implementing a high level control, that can be regained through having a much more efficient system of work. And also the quality of the work if you can purely concentrate on the task at hand without trying to run a full restraint system while doing your complex task, then the quality of your task will be higher. So again, the cost benefit in terms of implementing a good control, you'll get better quality out of your work. Um, not to mention that the effectiveness of a higher a high level control um, is gonna keep your workers safe. It's gonna prevent injuries. It's going to build the confidence in your workforce that you care about their safety and the outcome of the project. It can improve the culture in your business. You set a higher standard. Um, so the benefits of improved safety when we're working at heights, um, you know, they really do add to the quality, efficiency and safety of the project. Yeah, the benefits there are just endless. It's really important to have that safety on site. Um, let's talk more broadly about ladder safety when accessing a roof space. Yeah, so we do have a lot of falls from heights from ladders while accessing and a lot of times, um, so certainly when inspectors attend job sites and we look at ladder accesses, um, it's very common for us to see that the ladders aren't secured, that they're not footed on um, stable foundations, that they don't extend, you know, a metre past the landing to allow to exit and um, enter the ladder safely. And I think people just take for granted that if they lean a ladder up against something and climb it and hold on, they won't fall. Um, but again, we attend a lot of incidents where people are falling from ladders. They attend quite serious incidents, including fatalities where people fall from ladders. And it really doesn't take a lot of effort to go from having something that's dangerous to something that's quite safe. So, you know, footing your ladder on a stable ground, footing your ladder away from incoming power lines, securing your ladder so really making sure it's tied off nice and tight so that if when you do enter or exit the ladder you put a little bit of sideways force which is only natural you know that ladder is going to maintain uh, its integrity um, same as with the footing if we install it at the correct angle which is one in four so for every um, four meters in height for example one meter out you can have that confidence that when you access the ladder on a solid foundation it's not going to slip out from underneath you um, we really shouldn't be looking at carrying equipment up ladders. Ladders are for access and egress only. So if it can't be attached to your tool belt, um, then you shouldn't be carrying it in your hands up and down the ladder. Um, if there's the option to install better access controls, so that might be a mobile scaffold with internal access. It might be a scaffold stair bay. And again, if we look at the efficiency um, so whilst there might be a slight um, upfront cost in putting a scaffold little access stair bay when you're doing a, a re-roof or a roofing project, um, the fact that it allows you to have much safer access up and down, much more efficient access up and down, carry equipment up and down, um, in, at the end that cost can be absorbed in the improved um, efficiency of your project. So if we are going to use ladders, we use them for access egress, we make sure they're secured 
We make sure they extend a metre past the landing. We make sure they're installed at the right um, one to four angle and we make sure they're footed on a solid foundation. Do you have some tips on how businesses can ensure safe working at heights practices throughout the construction project? Yep, so definitely planning of the job is um, a very important part. Um, Planning when you're going to have your scaffold installed, planning when you're going to have your roof edge protection installed. The best tip I can give is to continuously talk to your workers, uh, dedicate that little bit of time each day, be it 10 minutes at the start of the job to discuss what your plans are for that day, identify where you're going to be exposed to risk when working at heights, Um, have the discussion up front when you're doing your planning, um, how you're going to control those risks with the highest level of control that you can. Uh, Again, very common for us to see um, in construction workers up working out, standing on top plates, installing roof trusses and the likes one day, um, exposing their workers to very serious risks, only to inquire and be advised that scaffold was supposed to come that day, but now it's the next day. Um, So people, again, through a little bit of poor planning, um, exposing their workers to very high risk, where if they had a bit more forethought, um, they would have those controls in place and not be exposing people to that risk. Listen to your workers, ask them where they could fall, likely to fall, have nearly fallen. Make sure you continue to improve and seek out the high level controls to prevent those things happening. And the more you plan or the better you plan, the more you talk to your workers, um, then you're going to have the high level controls and the best opportunity to have the high level controls in place. Again, if you're not really sure um, what's out there, what's required, how you can control the risks, reach out again to SafeWork, look at our codes of practice, listen to our podcast, look on our website, reach out to your industry associations. There's plenty of information out there. Technology is always improving. Industry is always improving. Um, There's a lot of areas you can go for help. Thank you. Can you think of any other areas that um, or places listeners can gather any additional information and resources? SafeWork New South Wales website is a great place to start. Uh, We have a lot of resources there. As I said, the codes of practice, we have guidance documents, uh, we have incident information releases, we have the podcast, we have YouTube videos. Um, You can reach out to SafeWork for an advisory visit where you can have an inspector either visit your project or you can come and talk to an inspector and get information on how you can best control um, falls from height risks. Um, You can reach out to your industry associations for resources and then speak to your colleagues. If you can share good ideas, if you come up with a good idea, be on the lookout for new and emerging technologies to help you in the work at height space. Thanks, Kane. Uh, thanks for tuning in to this safety cast and very special thanks to my colleague and guest, Kane Scott, for sharing those insights regarding working at heights. For more information on this topic and other topics, please visit our website, www.safework.nsw.gov.au. If you see something out on site or need to report an incident, phone 13 10 50 or use the Speak Up app. Please feel free to share this safety cast with your industry colleagues.